Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Small Business Sisters. We're so glad you're here. And today we are going to talk about something that we've gotten asked on Instagram. So if you don't know, you can go on our Instagram underscore Small Business Sisters. And in the highlights, we have a question where you just answer yeah you just ask a question basically that you want to hear us talk about or something that you just want some encouragement or help on and we actually answer in our stories there but then today we thought we had some more to say about some of those things so we're going to talk about it here and today we are going to talk about the difference between wholesale and consignment so hey this is jenny if i can say and Hi, Christina's <laughs> here too. <laughs> Do you mute your mic when you're not talking? Um, when we have guests on, I do because I find that it I have a personality that likes to talk over people. And so if I have a, we have a guest on, I mute it until that person is done talking because I feel like then I don't talk over them as much. Okay, that I okay. I spun some anxiety about that. Do you want me to tell you what I thought? I because I of was course. listening to the episode uh, <laughs> with Ellie Alabam, and I was like, "Gosh, why can you only hear me like laughing all the time?" And she was <laughs> such a better listener. And then I was like, "Oh, I bet she's my muting." And then I was like, "She doesn't want me to laugh, so I should mute." <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you laugh. I have, you know me well enough to know that I talk over people and have that habit. And I'm really trying to break that habit. And so when we have guests on, I have a notebook that I write what they're talking about so I can reference it later because I do, I don't know if it's an ADD thing or if it's a human being thing. I don't know. But like, as soon as a thought pops in my head, I feel like I have to voice that thought. Otherwise I'm going to lose it. And I don't know if it's like, me being like, oh, what I have to say is super important. Or if it's just, I don't want to lose this thought and want to, I also love conversations with people. So I like knowing what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? Yeah, no, I hear you. So it's helpful to mute and I just write down what they're talking about so I can reference it later. But with you, I don't mute (laughs) because it's more of like a converse, like we actually are having a conversation that we would have in real life, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I'm just, my social anxiety comes out in our interviews that I feel like if I don't give like a verbal, <laughs> a verbal cue of laughter or something, then it's like mean. I don't know. Mm. That's probably a thing. I, I need to work through those thoughts probably. Yeah. Well, and we do our interviews on video. So I feel like even if you're muted, like I nod at them or make faces, but I do when I post a video to Instagram from our interviews, you will absolutely notice me moving all over the place. (laughs) Like I'll look at it. And even if I'm muted, you can see me like playing with my hair or like doing something. So Uh, the person on the other end might think that I'm ignoring them, but but yeah, I mute it. 
love that tangent that I just took us on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I bet you, Tyler, wishes I could have like a mute button in your <laughs> life where I have to like press mute so I can't respond to something you're saying. So I have to fully listen to it. We had this is a big tangent, but in marriage counseling before we got married, our the guy who married us was taking us through a practice of like where you so I say a statement, Tyler says the statement back word for word. And then I say what I hear you heard you say, like you basically go back and forth. Well, I was awful at that practice. Like Tyler would say something and I couldn't even repeat it back word for word because I was already (laughs) thinking in my head how I wanted to reply. So I actually wasn't hearing what he said. Anyways, so it is time to practice practice. Well, I have to tell you, I have some encouragement for you. I feel like you're a really good podcaster because thanks. Yeah, you lead great conversations. That was smart to mute. Maybe I'll start doing that, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, so we got asked um, just to clarify wholesale and consignment. Yep. Yes. So, just to clarify what wholesale and consignment is the difference. And then we thought we'd each kind of share our journeys with, because like everything we've done in our business, like we've kind of gone on different routes and that's totally okay. And so um, you can do a quick Google search of wholesale and consignment. That's originally where I found out a lot of stuff, but traditionally, and this could vary based on your industry. But traditionally, wholesale means 50% and 50%. So like the maker is selling their product at 50% off to the retailer, who is then going to sell it mostly at the retail price of what the maker normally charges the public. So it's it's typically a 50-50 split. Um, And that's usually with a certain amount of quantity as well. This isn't a one-off product. Yes. So I guess I can can share the benefits of wholesale. The why you would want to do wholesale is because you are selling a large amount of... So let's just use candles. You're selling maybe three dozen candles to one buyer and then you're done. You're not marketing it. You're not stocking it at the place you are not promoting it like you've sold three dozen candles um and the retailer is taking all the responsibility of that so yes even though it's a 50 percent cut um you just have to weigh all those pros and cons of that and usually what um makers will decide is when their business has grown wholesale is such a great um place for them to live because you are already buying so much in bulk and you're making so much in bulk that then for a retailer to come and take a bunch of that off your hands, um, you're still finding profit in that. Cause again, you're, it's taking out so much of the work that you do to sell it. So that is wholesale. And then, um, consignment is again, typically a 60, 40 split. So that would be the maker is selling it at the retailer store. And then when it sells, the maker gets paid 60% of the sale and the retailer keeps 40%. So the pros of that are that it is a less split. And um, we'll talk when we t- talk about our experiences, we'll tell how we even like have 
varied with that split, like what the ratios are, but it's typically 60, 40. And the con to that is that you aren't getting that money until it sells. So you're, you're banking on the retailer to sell your item to then get paid. Whereas wholesale, you're just getting that all up front and then it's on the retailer to sell it to make right back. which jenny's talking from the maker side of things but we also will be able to talk from the brick and mortar side of things since we both do have brick and mortars because we are both the we have had opportunities to be the wholesaler and then okay. also now the brick and mortar owner who's selling the wholesale products right so let's sense. um Because as a, she's speaking from the maker side, but as far as wholesale goes, it's the same for maker and retailer, but then consignment, consignment is in favor of the retailer because the retailer doesn't have to pay anything up front. You're stocking their store. And then as soon as that sells, now the retailer pays you. So as a maker, consignment is a little bit more risky in the fact that you might have well, it's so I'm a, I'm a consigner in Jenny's shop. So <laughs> Jenny has a shop in Illinois. I send shirts to sell on consignment. So, um, so let's do this from both perspectives. If Jenny were to wholesale from me, now her and Susie have to choose sizes, colors, pockets, um, what will sell in their store because they're thinking in their mind, we need to make back our money that we spend on this twofold. So they're going to be thinking of what sells the the best, which when I do consignment, obviously I want things to sell. So I'm going to send things that I know the sizes might work, the look might work, um, but I don't know their customers as well as them. Well, I am out the money of investing in those shirts until they sell in their store. But because they're giving me an outlet to sell, right? Like I don't have a way to sell in Illinois other than I guess online, but in person. Um, and so they're giving me a place to to host my products basically. And so mm-hmm. I'm in turn paying a rent of some sort, which is that 40, uh, which is that 40%, which goes towards their um, square fees and their, they're the ones marketing it, not me, like Jenny said. Um, and towards, rent and towards their rent because I'm literally taking up space in their building. So Melissa and I have consigners as well that consign with us. And so it's that, um, but that's from both perspectives. So you have the wholesale, which is good for both, except it's riskier for the retailer because they've now invested in this product and need to make their money back. And then consignment is more risky for the maker just because it could sit there for a while before you make your money back that you invested into your product. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And so I, um, okay. So I, Illuminate Space is six years old going in six years. So I started, I feel like Christine and I have flip-flapped through mm-hmm. different things. Cause I, um, I started with consignment, like pretty early on. And it, again, it's typically 60, 40, but there's so many variables. Uh, I was in um, a home market and a, then that moved to a store. And then I was in another store and like one store had a base rent. So you would pay like a small amount of rent. And then plus there was a commission. So 
I had to like kind of look at, do I want to pay this rent and the commission? Um, another store was the split like that, where it was, that one was 70, 30. Um, but then there were other variables that you had to do. So like at Light and Pine, we do 60, 40 split unless an artisan wants to work in the store one day a month, then we like trade them and do a 70, 30 split. Um, so I've seen that done in marketplaces. So you kind of like want to approach a store if you're interested in consignment, if you know they do consignment and ask them to see what their consignment agreement is. And that's where you'll see all these little things. And then it's probably best you can look at your numbers and see like, okay, I know my product and I'll probably sell this much. So paying a flat rent and then a little commission is probably good for me because I know I'm going to make over that. Or, or if you, the good thing about consignment is when I was in the, um, the, the smaller store, I only brought like 10 candles. You're totally up. You, you don't have to like push yourself to make a ton because it's totally up to you. Whatever you bring in the store is what is going to sell. So I didn't feel as much pressure doing consignment where um, wholesale is like you're making a big order and have to get that out um, to the retailer where I was very, I was very terrified of wholesale in the beginning. And I, I was going to say, there was a point where you were like, I don't. Yeah. I, think I, I stopped. I started wholesale. Um, and then I stopped for several reasons. And I think I really just didn't build up my foundation and learn what wholesale was and create um, boundaries for my wholesale business. So I definitely recommend doing some research on courses or just reading about starting a wholesale business. I did, I think it was called Indie Retail Academy. Um, and that was a, several years ago now. So there's probably like a lot more available, but that helped me. It was a little bit tedious, but she helped me lay out my price because I don't think I was pricing right to then do wholesale. Where she yeah, can helps you talk you... about that of like because sure you had stopped wholesale, but the first time you did wholesale again was for my <laughs> shop. That's but right. Like, no, I think I did consignment with your shop first. You did for a hot minute, and I'm going to talk about that about what we've learned doing consignment. But you did do consignment with us for a hot minute because we had to be able to get to a place to afford wholesale. That's I like that you're saying other, hot minute. <laughs> hot minute. That's a whole other podcast of getting to the point where you can afford wholesale. Oh, yes. Um, but you, I think I begged you. I'm pretty sure I was <laughs> like, we like, there are no other candles that we can carry. So you're going to have to figure this out on how to do wholesale. But that must've been when you did this course. You're right. I think I did it. Were like, okay, I think I can do this. And then it ended up, I mean, you do wholesale Being for really so good. many yeah. people now. So, yeah. Yes, you're right. Going back to that memory, you're right. I did. I was like, I got to figure this out for Wildflower. They want to <laughs> do this. She so I did. I, <laughs> I found this class because I was really just baffled by pricing. And I think all of us as makers undervalue our product. It's just like kind of if you haven't undervalued your product, I just give you a giant high five because I feel like we all kind of start there as we're like, we feel bad for charging mm -hmm. for these things. So I, in this course, in a nutshell, you 
write down every single cost of your product. So like mm-hmm. I had to break down the cost of one wick, one wick sticker, one jar, one jar lid, one label, one warning label, 16 ounces of wax, um, one ounce of fragrance, oil. like everything that goes into one candle and then each set for each size. But it kind of is like really fun. If you like once numbers are all figured out and seen them in those columns, you put every single cost. And now the course, you're going to get more specific, but essentially times two is wholesale price and times four is your retail price. So that helped me like bump my price to where it should be that then 50% off, I was still, there was still profit built in there. So I wasn't like losing money with that candle. And now, and at first I was very, very caught up in like scarcity mentality of like 50%. I'm not going to make anything, but then like, once I really saw, okay, but how often is one customer coming in and buying three dozen candles or mm-hmm. like, even if it was half that, how, how often are they coming to buy, um, 18 candles? So even if I, if it was retail, I'm probably not going to make that much in one sale. So then the whole, I was like, oh, okay. Seeing that happen, like wholesale order month after month, where I was selling more even at a less profit margin, but there was still a profit margin that then it was a bigger profit for more candles. If that makes sense. I know it's like hard to wrap your mind around it, but it is because then you're, you're buying your supplies at a more wholesale price. So you're getting Mm -hmm. less cost of your supplies. You're, if you get your process down, like it takes me pretty much as much time. I can do it in a more efficient way where it's not taking a ton more time to do a large order. And then it's already sold. I haven't had to do anything else in that process. So that's where I was like, okay, for candles, wholesale makes so much sense. And I just, Mm -hmm. once I got my, so that class helped me get my pricing down. Um, Then I just looked at a lot of different people's wholesale contracts online. And once I had those things outlined, it really helped me then when people asked, oh, do you do wholesale? I was like, yep, here's the PDF with yeah. all the info. And then it felt like Jenny wasn't saying like, oh, you have to pay me this and you can, it takes two weeks and it blah, blah, blah. Like it felt like, nope, my PDF says that's what it is. And that helped me to like really streamline my wholesale business, have the guidelines in place. And it's knock on wood. It's just been really moving along smoothly. I love my wholesale clients. Christina is like cornerstone wholesale client. (laughs) Uh, And it's a huge chunk of my business. I would honestly say it's probably a third of, I mean, lay and pine wholesale and e-commerce. They all pretty much hold their own. So like wholesale for me, is really worth it. And I, because of wholesale, I decided not to do consignment anywhere. I pulled out mm-hmm. of my consignment shops. Um, and that was Which just has okay. been beneficial, right? Yeah. That for me, cause at first consignment was what was best for me because of the bandwidth I had, I was still working my job, my part-time job. And I just didn't have the bandwidth to do these huge orders. But then once I did, consignment really didn't make sense for me. So I feel like consignment is a great place to start and just try out what that would look like for you to make big orders and 
you not necessarily being the one selling them and then see, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I could, I could sell this wholesale. So that is um, my experience with wholesale. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. about what you learned doing consignment or you want to talk about why you don't wholesale is not wholesale? Good yeah. So uh, there's, I've done, especially not in the beginning, but probably two years ago before I had wildflower, it was definitely before I had wildflower. So I would say almost three years ago now. I had multiple boutiques, not local to me, um, all in different areas. There were a few in Texas, a few in Colorado, but um, reach out and want to do wholesale. Like they specifically mommy and me. Um, and I did it. So for, I don't know if your supplies are a little bit different, but my shirts Wholesale makes it worth it because if you order a certain number of shirts, you can get them discounted. Um, but I was definitely making money up the consignment as far as, you know, like you said, an upfront order of, you know, 15 shirts or whatever. Um, but it was basically the same as online where they were customizing like oh just one six to twelve month and one medium and like all of this stuff and then someone reached out so I did it for a little bit it was fine it wasn't my favorite I had a few bad wholesale experiences as far as like one oh my gosh it was so awful it was so awful. Was it last Christmas or was it the year before COVID? I think I remember that COVID. story. I think yes. Yeah. Where she lived in Colorado. I sent her all of her orders or all of the wholesale order. And one of the boxes got lost. Oh, that's devastating. And it's one of those things. I didn't have anything written in, um, which again, I could probably fix. But at that point I was like, I am done. Like no more wholesale. No, Um, because it was Christmas time. I had to get, it was Christmas shirts. It It was my Christmas print shirts. And ended up having to drop ship, meaning I ended up having to ship them straight to her customers because this package got lost and they wouldn't be there on Christmas. And it was like, it was the worst experience. Yeah, that is, but you know, I feel life, like of my oh, shop life, probably close. Oh, I have so many experiences. I'm not going to share. I will tell you, you listening individually over coffee because I don't want to throw any money under the bus, but I definitely have some learning experiences uh, with that. And sometimes you just got to chalk that up to like, okay, that taught me what I want to do. And actually that made me think of when you said that about she wanted one, six to 12 months. That is Mm -hmm. definitely something you write into your wholesale contract. Mm -hmm. Um, There has to be per size, per pocket. Minimum. Yeah. First of all, you have a minimum order. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you, my minimum is $250 wholesale. Which, so it's $500 retail order mm-hmm. that they're getting for $250. They have to order that. So I already know my profits built in there. And then also you have to have six um, of each cent. So like mm-hmm. you can't just order one because that was something I, I had to learn. Someone also wanted like one tea light of this mm-hmm. <laughs> one melt of this and so yeah you just and that's very typical like especially if you are in with a seasoned realtor or realtor <laughs> retailer Retailing. they know these things and it's not surprising to any of them the benefit mm-hmm. to them getting that prices at wholesale they know they're gonna have to get 
a certain right. amount of. And I do want to speak to those of you. I mean, gosh, this was four years into my business, but I remember just being like, oh, but this is a $300 order that I can use for Christmas or whatever. But it's not worth it. like when they get really high maintenance, like, like you have to have, like Jen said, up front. Yeah. Which again, if I had a marketing coach or something, maybe they would have helped me with that. But I remember doing that. I almost swore that stupid. Um, we can put that explicit dra- drops it, uh, drop ship on those orders, and I remember being like, "Never again!" Like never no, again. I know. And like it was, it was so frustrating. And then I had another um, experience. That one made me want to stop. But then there was another experience where someone reached out and said, I would love to do dropship with you where she would basically do the promoting of it, which if you'll follow me, like promoting is not my issue. Like <laughs> I have zero problems with social media. Um, but she was like, basically my people will order through you and then you drop ship it. But then she gets a portion of that sale, right? Cause she referred me, but it was a big portion. It wasn't like a, Hey, thanks for being an influencer for me. Here's 10% or whatever. It was like the 40, 60 or whatever. And I was like, oh. I have an online shop. Like <laughs> people can, right. th- this isn't like wildflower, like a brick and mortar. And then you're sending them to me. Cause I'm a local, sh- you know, it's, it was a very and that's when I was like no this isn't for me like I know that a lot of people have a lot of success doing dropship but that's what my Etsy shop is I literally dropship you the order that you right and it's so so different again based on your product so Christina's Mm -hmm. is a very personalized individualized Mm -hmm. product Mm -hmm. that wholesale Probably doesn't make sense. I was just going to say, we ordered Jen's candles. I mean, we were at a point before the summer because summer is slower. Just so you all know, summer as a brick and mortar is slower. Mm -hmm. But before the summer, Jen, we were ordering what? Every three weeks, every four weeks because candles sell the end. You don't have to worry about a size. You don't have to worry about them liking the look of it. Like if it smells good, they're going to buy it. And so candles is one of those things. I mean, if you go into any boutique, there's going to be candles. Like that is something, but with shirts, it's because so, I know this too now, because I wholesale jeans. So every month I wholesale jeans to sell in wildflower. The jeans sell fine. It's the sizing that's hair. Right. Like the sizes, like let's say somebody needs a seven, but I only have a one left or whatever. It's that's not going to sell until somebody who is a size one steps through that door. So high schoolers, please come into wildflower <laughs> because there's a size one that no one else. Will I could get into. a size one for like my arm, forearm. Um, my <laughs> uterus would not fit in a size one. So ever was. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that again yeah so i hope that you're hearing like even christine and i both have successful businesses but one works for us mm-hmm. and doesn't work for the other so yeah well, and i do consign with jen's store like i said and like it's totally worth it so i make 10 percent more than i would if they wholesaled straight from me but I do none of the marketing. They do all of that. They handle anybody that comes in and might have an issue with the shirts or 
whatever. I'm not sure that's ever happened. You've never told me if it has, no. but, <laughs> but they're the people representing my shirts. And so it's worked. It's that has worked out great. And then I can send certain sizes or certain colors or, um, but again, the risk is with the maker at the, that point. So sometimes mm-hmm. some of my shirt sizes or colors don't sell there. And so they'll reach out to me. Cause that's the other thing I was going to say about if your consignment, the two best things you can do is one about twice, two to three times a month. I post that my shirts are at their shop. I let people know, Hey, if you live local to them and you like me, you can find them here, um, which helps Jen and Susie out, but it also helps. I want to sell those shirts. That's on me. <laughs> like I want to sell those. Um, and so market your stuff if you're a consigner somewhere. But the other thing is rotate your stuff out. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder for me with Jenny and Susie because I live so far away. So if I'm going to spend money on shipping a whole box of shirts, I'm not going to do that as often as if they have consigners. You have consigners that switch their stuff out all the time. Yeah. Where... And like people local to Wildflower might switch their stuff out more um, than like if they live local than not. But that's something you can do because another thing we've noticed in Jen, I don't know if y'all have noticed this as a brick and mortar, but um, people people come into your store and they want to see new things. Right. And so consigners um, have their stuff for four months there, they come in and they're like, Oh, this is the same thing I saw last time I was here four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to just, I mean, seasonally is such a great time to like revamp your things because even if you just brought things out for a season and then bring them back in a revamped way for the next season, people think it's different. (laughs) And I realized that it can suck, right. As the consigner, like you're like, oh, I invested in this product and it didn't sell here. But that's the risk of consigning is mm-hmm. that it might not sell. So either you can sell it in their store at a discount or you can take it home and sell it on Facebook Live or whatever. But like I know the shirts that don't sell it at Light and Pine, they'll reach out and say, hey, we're going to do a sale. Is it OK if your shirts are part of it? I'm a, I always say yes. One, because I'm not local. I can't go grab it. But also mm-hmm. because even if I make the... You know, if they do a 20% off sale, I'm just using a random number. Like it at least pays back my investment into the product. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, um, consignment, I mean, they're both just great options for different reasons. So definitely like look into that. Uh, if you're thinking about being in a store. And maybe for you, it's like a little bit of both. I have had, there are, for instance, um, I make a candle for a local nonprofit fundraiser and they asked me to come do a booth with my stuff. And I haven't done that. That's basically, I would say markets are kind of like consignment depending Mm -hmm. how it's set up because you're paying um, to be there or whatever. But I'm going to do that just because you never want to close a door. I, I mean, I know Christina said have boundaries and yes. <laughs> I don't have my wholesale, but that's I know. <laughs> just, I have six other avenues. No, so definitely like, wait, everything should not be a, a yes. 
but don't be afraid to like play around with different things till you figure out what works with you. Because like I said, I started wholesale for like, I think I only did it for like three months when I first started. And I was like, nope, not doing this. And then I had to pull back and figure out what I was going to, what was going wrong and what I needed to set up. And then I got that all set up and I started wholesale and I haven't stopped because Mm -hmm. it's been really good. So, and I still like, I would still do consignment if that came up for certain shops. If I knew like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I'm guess I'm getting tired, but I feel like, <laughs> by the way, we're filming is, this at night or yeah, guys, this, this is my night. bedtime, but I, I just, you won't, you don't want to close the door on anything, but just know your strengths, know your retailers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't ever want to go into a store that is not on brand for you because the, your product is not going to sell there. So like mm-hmm. make sure you mesh with, the retail right, like the beautiful chaos shirts will not sell at like a high end my my shirts are designed to be like and this goes Whimsical. for me too i'm not talking down to it i'm not talking down to anybody this goes for me too but somebody who like wants to be fashionable but has no idea what they're doing <laughs> so i just need to feel a little bit put together and i'm just going to pop a pocket on like that's so i'm a high end place where people spend hundreds of dollars on clothes like mm, beautiful chaos isn't going to do so great there so yeah yeah so you go with like and nothing is forever either so i mean we are artisans we do ask for a six-month commitment just because that is good for the customer to see consistency too and not be like oh mm-hmm. people are always coming and going um mm-hmm. but you don't nothing is forever you can at wholesale you are in charge of your contract so mm-hmm. make it say this is on a month-to-month basis <laughs> mine doesn't even have mine says at any time if someone orders i can say no, thank you. And are you going to say order. that to me? Never. No, thank Never. you, Christina. But um, have your guidelines sh- in place and just yeah, do it. Did you learn? I guess you said you went to a course and learned how to write up a wholesale thing. Like, what's your advice for somebody yeah. who wants to wholesale? Like, how do they learn that information? Can you shout out yes. that course, I guess? Yes. So that course was Indie Retail Academy. But again, this was like four years ago. So I'm sure there's some other... Not that that was a bad course, but I'm mm-hmm. sure there's more to choose from. Um, the The biggest weight off my shoulder was figuring out that pricing piece. So it mm-hmm. did take a little bit to dive into. But once you know your price, it removes all the anxiety that you're mm-hmm. losing any money. And you said that it was the price for one candle. Like yes, you broke it down to literally one candle. Yes. And your suppliers, when you buy that, should have like the price per wick or whatever your product is. And then I just made um, a spreadsheet and I put, okay, four ounce candle and then all the prices for each element. And then I did it for reed diffusers. So mm-hmm. each and then double. So and you double time, it. You double it for the retail. Or I mean, my price. formula is a little different. That's what I learned in the um, class. So she'll tell you like, even how to factor in your expenses into your profit. So I did all of that, but essentially it usually breaks down to times two and times four. Okay. So and yeah, then I would what? figure out your price and then I would figure out, I honestly, I'm trying to remember, but I feel like I just Googled wholesale 
contracts. And I looked at people's and what I wanted mine to look like. And I'm also part of um, part of my business insurance is um, you've heard me talk about, I have insurance in case a candle. Mm -hmm. In case a house burns down. Well, with that, it's through Indie Business and there's um, an Indie Business Network, which is like a Facebook group, essentially. And everybody's always posting me in there. So I asked once like, hey, is anyone willing to share what their wholesale agreement looks like? And I got so Mm. many feedback. And then I just kind of like pulled pieces that I wanted mine to sound like. And that was it. Um. That's great advice. Now, the the another thing, if you want to sell wholesale, there are wholesale sites. Like Etsy used to have a wholesale site. I'm not sure that yeah, they still I, do. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like fair. Yeah, kind of like fair. Fair.com is where brick and mortars will go to find wholesale products they can order. Again, they order it in bulk a cheaper price so that they can yeah you it. can and and again this just varies so much for industry i decided not to go the route of um something like that where it is great that they are finding you retailers that you don't have to do that piece but for me because they do take a cut of it so then it's 50 percent mm-hmm. plus whatever the mm-hmm. cut the um like fair or whatever is taking and for me it just really didn't make sense i couldn't do yeah. it so i grew my wholesale organically um which worked. so people you can walk people sorry you can walk <laughs> people here's what you do we're so tired we are they're gonna see this, this video and my eyes are like oh. <laughs> um you can go to local boutiques so i love when people come into wildflower and say do you yeah. i'm a i'm a local maker do wholesale or consign. And we have a form that we hand out. Um, we do at Wildflower, we prefer consignment just because we are so new, but um, either or, and I give them a form and from our end, you fill it out. And then Melissa and I will look at it. And again, we ask for your Instagram and all these things because we're going to see, does it vibe with our sort? Like, do we, we have your best interest at heart. If you're doing consignment and we're like, Oh, we just, we know our customers. We don't know that this will fit here. That just means there's another boutique that's a better fit for you because I know there's eight boutiques in our small town and we're all very different and meet very different target markets. And so you might not be a fit for our brick and mortar, but you might be a fit for the one down the street. And I often will refer people to those boutiques, but don't be afraid to ask. The worst case scenario is I don't think you're a fit for our store. Mm-hmm. But the best case scenario is all of a sudden you have a place to put your products that are going to get in front of people. And especially in our boutique, I think all of them are local. We wholesale from Jen and she's not local, but everyone else is local where they might see something in our store that they like of yours, but want to tweak it a bit or make it more personalized and guess what they now have your information and that's Mm -hmm. a way people are going to find you and see you so don't be afraid to ask local boutiques if they're taking consignment because i guarantee you i personally would rather deal with local makers than on fair i have i order my jeans from fair that i sell but um i love having local makers that I can refer people to. Yes. We know them. They can come up. We do workshops at our shop. So 
if you don't know that. And so those people will come up and do workshops. So don't be afraid to reach out to the places around you locally. For sure. Yeah, I remember when I first started my second round of wholesale, when I had my agreement ready to go, I had my um, like guidelines for ordering ready to go. I did a thing on Instagram where I was like, hey, if you love my candles, what are your three favorite stores that you would love to see Illuminate Space in? And then so my customers wrote stores they wanted me to go in. And then I emailed the stores and I was like, hey, your customer so-and-so thought I would be a great fit for your store. Would I, I'm offering a free candle for you to try out to see if you think I would be a good fit. And I attached my wholesale and stuff. And now I did get a few from that. So like that don't put, and I'm terrified to like go in and talk to people. (laughs) So even if you just want to write them and offer maybe a sampling of your product that goes a long way too. But we had, uh, like Christina said, we've had a few of our artisans are ones that just have come in and introduced themselves and said, I love your store. And I, I make this product. Do you think it would be a good fit? And we love that too. And so we have had to say sometimes no, just because we know we want you to be successful. So if we know our target market isn't, going to buy your product then right we, we want what's best for you right so don't Which ever take the a hard, no. i will say as a retailer that is the hardest thing because mm-hmm. because we're makers like we have both sides of that where you're like oh are you against my product but it's more like we don't want it to sit here for right. nine months and not sell that does nothing for you so right um so yeah i think we covered everything we were gonna cover two more questions but we i know we, we were like this probably gonna be so short (laughs) it's gonna be like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes i think it was like 40 yeah that's because we both like everything that we've talked (laughs) about have different journeys and yeah things work for some and not for the others good well thanks for listening guys yeah we hope you go out and find people to wholesale or consign and maybe you're on the retailer side maybe you listen to our podcast and you are looking for wholesalers maybe we should jen maybe we should do an instagram post where they can like tag find each other other. i love that that. (laughs) Mm. we'll think of how to make that happen and just check out our instagram this will air on wednesday october let me double check October 6th. So double check our Instagram. Maybe we've come up with an idea of how to have y'all find each other. That would be fun. Maybe we should start a Facebook page. Not not a page, a group. A group. That'd be fun. Maybe. Y'all stay tuned. All right. All right. Everybody have a great day. I'm sure you're listening to this bright and early, drying your hair. I just posted uh, a post that I listen to my AirPods while I dry my hair because it takes forever to dry my hair. So hopefully y'all are listening to this podcast doing something fun and we will talk to you next time. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.